In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Deep inside the earth, scientists tell us, is a molten metallic core which continually generates the planet's magnetic field. We depend on this magnetic field to protect us from solar and cosmic radiation. Without it, the satellites that enable communication would not work. Our electrical grids would fail. There would be no lights, no computers, no cell phones. Parts of the world might become uninhabitable. This sounds like science fiction, but evidence shows that 780,000 years ago, the Earth's magnetic shield was completely broken up due to forces in the Earth that caused the North and South Poles to change places. I suppose the Earth flipped, basically. (laughs) There was a threat of this a mere 40,000 years ago, but after a magnetic tug of war, the poles snapped back into place. Today, scientists tell us, forces within the Earth are causing shifts such that the magnetic field over the South Atlantic Ocean has been compromised to the point where satellites exposed to radiation have lost some of their computer memory function. It is possible that the planetary stability we have taken for granted for so long may give way at some point to severe disruption or even another reversal of the poles. This, of course, would have incalculable consequences for our current world population of 7.6 billion, which is more than double what it was when I was born over half a century ago. Now, this is not meant as the introduction to a doomsday sermon. It does, however, serve an Ash Wednesday and Lenten purpose by shaking us up a bit, out of our complacency, out of our false sense of worldly security, out of our seemingly blissful lack of awareness. This is what Joel and the other prophets were trying to do. They warned people that just when they thought they had it made in the shade, A swarm of locusts or a foreign army could sweep in and denude the landscape. Jesus himself warns in today's gospel that we should not trust in earthly prestige and treasures, which can vanish in a moment. Today's liturgy starkly reminds us that we are earthly, evanescent creatures whose mortal existence will come to an end. However, thanks be to God, neither Joel nor Jesus nor today's liturgy leaves us there. All these call us to repent, to turn from futile ways of thinking, being, and acting to the living God who created us for something better. In his boundless love for us, God wants nothing less for us than abundant eternal life with God and with each other, a life that begins here and now with our baptism and with the living out of our high calling to walk in love as Christ loved us. 
The prophet Joel recommends collective repentance, a turning to God in solemn assembly, which we are in fact doing today. Jesus calls us in today's gospel to sincere prayer to our loving God who alone can give us true riches that last. In today's liturgy, even as we express sorrow for the many ways we have failed to walk in love, we also express hope that God in Christ will accomplish his work of salvation in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we pray that God will bring us to the joy of Christ's resurrection. The Eucharist we celebrate this evening is a sign of our faith and hope in that prospect and also a sign of God's unchangeable faithfulness to us. So today we acknowledge the deadness in our lives, but we also celebrate the hope of new life, of spring. In fact, our word Lent comes from the Anglo-Saxon word Lenten, which means spring. In the six weeks ahead leading up to Easter, we pray that even as deadness is still apparent all around us, we will see the bare branches budding, the green blades rising, and the flowers blooming, not only in the natural world, but spiritually, as we reconnect in loving ways with God and one another, which is what we depend on ultimately. We begin today, this Lent, to reorient our lives. Our Lenten prayers and disciplines will lead us to a heightened consciousness of how we have walked in a land that is waste. We face some hard realities in this season. We will see more clearly the harm we have done and participated in, but this can lead us, perhaps more than ever, to put our whole trust in God in God's direction, in God's grace, in God's saving help, knowing that without God, we have nothing, but with God, we have everything. Amen.